Welcome to News Kids. I'm Rose. And I'm Zara. And together we're presenting this weekly podcast about what's going on in our world today. Each week we cover top stories across world news, politics, science, technology, entertainment and arts. Hello, this is Zara. This week we are talking about the French election results and we'll be updating you on the Russian-Ukraine conflict. We will also be reviewing the movie Turning Red and finally we'll be bringing you an update on British politics and the fines that UK Prime Minister and the Chancellor have received for breaking lockdown rules. Our first story this week to bring you up to date following the spring holidays is about the results of the French election. Last week, the current president, Emmanuel Macron, succeeded in being appointed for a second term in office and became the first French president to win re-election in 20 years. Each country varies in how they choose their leader, and in France, they have a president who is the head of state, who then stays in the job for five years. All citizens aged 18 and over can vote. The French have a two-round system to decide who will be the next president. In the first round of voting, there are lots of candidates, and if no one gets more than 50% of the vote, then the top two popular politicians go through to the second round. In this election, there were 11 people standing in the race, but after the first round of voting, there were just two left to choose between, Emmanuel Macron and Marine Le Pen. Both have very different views on how the country should be run. When Mr Macron won the election in 2017, he promised to reduce unemployment in the country and invest in renewable energy sources. A lot of people felt that he has not delivered on his promises and the results of the first round were fairly close, with Mr Macron winning with 27.6% of the votes compared to Marine Le Pen's 23.41%. Marine Le Pen has had more success in this election than in the past, She's a member of a party called National Rally. It was originally called Front National and she is popular with French voters who are worried about immigration. Many people consider her policies to be extreme and have accused her of racism. She wants to prioritise jobs and benefits for people born in France and has also spoken about banning the headscarves that some Muslim women wear from all public spaces in the country. In the second round, Mr Macron got a greater share of the vote than polls predicted and won 58.55% of the vote compared to Le Pen's 41.45%. Although he won, Mr Macron has a tough job ahead to retain continued support. A lot of people didn't vote and others only voted for him because they saw Ms Le Pen as a worse option and didn't want her to win. In his speech following victory at the foot of the Eiffel Tower, He told supporters that now the election is over, he will be a president for all, and acknowledged that there was a lot of work to do. We will keep you posted on news kits as the next stage of the election process will be in June, and the French people will go to polls to vote for their version of members of parliament, whose job it is to represent local areas in the National Assembly, a little like the House of Commons in the UK. It will be important to Mr Macron for his party, La Republique en Marche, to win. Otherwise, he will need to share the job of being in government with other parties. Hi, it's Rose here with an update on the sad war in Ukraine. When we did our last podcast before the spring holidays, I'd really hoped we would have had peace by now. But sadly not. 
and Russian invasion continues with ongoing tragic consequences for the Ukrainian people. It's now been over two months since Russia invaded its neighbour Ukraine. There has been conflict between the two countries since 2014 and despite Russia building up a lot of troops on the border, many people were still shocked when Russian President Vladimir Putin actually sent the Russian army to invade at the end of February. The Ukrainian army has been fighting against the Russian army while the world has been urging Mr Putin to stop his attacks. Millions of people have had to leave their homes to look for safety. However, Russia has not made as much progress as was first predicted, and military experts think that their plans have been scaled back. The Russian invasion has been met with lots of resistance from Ukrainians who have been fiercely defending their country. Many Russian soldiers have lost their lives in the conflict so far. The Ukrainian army has also been receiving lots of support in terms of weapons and kit from other countries to help them in their effort against the Russian army. It has meant that Russia has been unable to take control of lots of Ukraine's major cities, including the capital, Kiev. Recently, Russia has withdrawn some of its troops from Kiev and has instead concentrated its efforts on trying to take over parts of eastern Ukraine next to the Russian border, known as the Donbass region. The Russians have also been trying to surround key cities and cut them off from important supplies, such as Mariupol, which has become the most heavily bombed and damaged city in the war. Unfortunately, many local people remain trapped there, unable to escape. Peace talks between the two sides have continued sporadically, although there has been little real progress in negotiations. As well as providing military support, such as weapons and kit, one of the main ways countries have been trying to help Ukraine is by bringing in financial penalties against Russia. These financial penalties are called sanctions and are imposed by one country on another to stop it acting aggressively or breaking international law. Russian banks have been targeted and this has led to the value of Russian money to drop significantly. At the same time, Russia this week cut gas supplies to Poland and Bulgaria as the two countries reportedly refused to pay for gas in Russia's currency. The EU has accused Russia of using energy to try and blackmail countries supporting Ukraine and has been holding emergency gas talks to decide how to respond but says it has contingency plans in place. I think it all sounds really sad, and I pray for peace soon. Hi, it's Lori here. One of the big stories over the spring holidays was about politicians and the government breaking the law during the peak of the lockdown for breaking social distancing and socialising rules. In June 2020, when the UK was under a strict lockdown, a birthday party was held for the Prime Minister Boris Johnson in number 10 Downing Street, where he lives and works. After originally saying he had no knowledge of parties in Downing Street during the pandemic, an investigation by the police found that he had attended the event in June 2020, and so he was issued with a fine for breaking the law. His wife, Kerry Johnson, and the Chancellor, Rishi Sunak, also received fines called fixed penalty notices for attending the same event. That wasn't the only event that was investigated though. 
Many other fines have been issued for multiple parties held at number 10 and other government buildings. Many people were upset that the person responsible for making the laws around coronavirus broke those same rules himself. And some people have said the Prime Minister should leave his job. In addition, the police have not finished their investigation into lockdown rules being broken yet, which means more fines could still be issued. In April, in his first appearance in the House of Commons since he was fined by the police for breaking COVID rules, the Prime Minister said people in the UK had a right to expect better of their Prime Minister and that he apologised unreservedly. While opposition politicians such as the Labour leader, Keir Starmer, have called on him to resign, Boris Johnson said he was committed to carrying out the priorities of the British people and challenges such as the war in Ukraine. Hello, this is Isa. Over the holidays, I watched the movie Turning Red. The main character, Mei Li, is a 13-year-old. She is confident, slightly dorky, and definitely her mother's dutiful daughter. She's a typical teenager spending lots of time with her friends, obsessed with a pop band, dealing with changes to her body, but also ensuring that she carries out all her duties as a daughter, helping her mother run the family's temple. On top of all this, one morning she wakes up to find that she has changed into a giant red panda. She's absolutely shocked and terrified and there are lots of comical scenes where she turns into a panda unexpectedly. Eventually, her mother explains to her that all women in her family have had this happen to them for generations, and whenever their emotions get the better of them, they change into giant red pandas in a puff of pink smoke, and when they calm down again, they change back. All Maylin has to do is wait a month, and then, if she wants to, they can perform a magic ritual, which will lock her panda identity into an amulet. My favourite parts of the movie were when Mei Lin is trying to hide her panda identity from her school friends, and I also liked how eventually she stops being embarrassed and hiding it and makes it into a little party trick to earn money. I also really liked how Mei Lin starts making her own decisions a little more and becomes her own person. I enjoyed watching the movie and would recommend for older children. Please ask your parents to check websites like Common Sense Media if you would like to see it. I hope you enjoyed our show and thank you for listening.